you didn't have an encyclopedic knowledge of Demon Slayer when you were coming out of the fucking womb, okay? <laughs> like, please chill out. Welcome to Coming Out Evil. I'm Harley Honey. And I'm Mick Seduso. Join our descent into villainy. Hello, evildoers! Yes, hello! Welcome to another episode. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. You want to let them know what we're up to today? We're talking about femphobia. We're going to be Ooh. trading some stories. Ooh, should we define femphobia for the folks at home? Oh, yeah, that would be a good idea. So this definition from PubMed.gov. Femphobia refers to the devaluation and regulation of femininity and suggests a separate, perhaps overlapping phenomenon specific to gender femininity rather than gender slash sex, such as woman or sex being female, right? So it's specifically about the devaluing and regulation of gender expression. Mm-hmm. And I think people will use femme and femininity interchangeably, but I think for us, I think we've both agreed that femme is inherently queer. Yes. So yeah, so femme is an inherently queer gender expression that is rooted in the celebration and embodiment of femininity, if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. So originally, femme was seen as derogatory. It was all wrapped up in this idea that you're not really a lesbian. You're just settling because you can't get a man. This line of thinking leads to something we call femphobia. Femphobia refers to the kind of systemic and pervasive tendency to not think about femmes as true and valid parts of the sapphic community. So how can you combat femphobia? I highly recommend minding your business. If someone says they're a sapphic, if someone says they're a lesbian, they are one. Wow, so amazing, so insightful. So now that we have it defined, I'm kind of like curious, is femphobia a type of oppression? I definitely think that we should chew on that as we keep talking. I think that's a really interesting question. Yeah, because like, so, okay, I guess we'd have to define oppression. Like, oppression has to be like systematic to some degree, right? Systemic, systematic. What's the difference between those words? I think it's systemic, technically. Okay. (laughs) I think systematic is like you can do a task systematically. Ah, okay. Yeah. Then oppression has to be systemic to some degree, right? Like, is that... Yeah, I do think that it has to be systemic and it has to be like consistent across like... I guess there's a consistency I'm trying to get at. I'm struggling Mm -hmm. to like put it into words. Like it can't be that sometimes you have this oppression and sometimes you don't in the same context. Oh, okay. So it's got to be like reliable. Yeah, reliable. There's got to be a reliability, I Uh think. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. We should come back to that for sure, because yeah. maybe it'll reveal some answers as we start talking. Oh, for sure. So we're going to be talking about our experiences with that in various facets of our lives in the past and present, maybe. But <laughs> <Huh>. yeah, <laughs> it's definitely going to be an interesting journey, I think. Yeah. I think it's interesting that we had a different time coming up with stories for this one, as opposed to the last episode we did where we were swapping stories of ableism, where it was really kind of easy for us to think of things, if that makes sense. And I definitely want to think about and start to tease out like why that's the case, because I feel like it matters. That's true. Yeah, I think you're right. Like ableism, I think not easier to spot, but maybe maybe it's just more normalized to spot. It's definitely hard to look back and catch instances of femphobia versus ableism. I think I think ableism sometimes feels like it's more overt versus mm-hmm. femphobia since to be kind of covert, kind of the water we swim in, if you will. Yeah. And then also, I think my reactions to ableism tend to be a little more red hot, a little more intense versus femphobia phobia tend to be a little fawn slash shock response like yeah. i kind of just don't know what to do and unpack yeah. later how weird it was but and we talked about how all femphobia is misogyny yes. but not all misogyny is femphobia yes yeah and so i definitely want to talk about that though admittedly i do struggle to in this moment think of like 
examples of misogyny that is not femphobic? Yeah, the only things, well, I guess since femphobia includes the regulation of femininity, like mm-hmm. even butches, right? Like if they get catcalled or kind of put in their place for not being femme, right. I think that still counts as a right. type of femphobia. Like, okay, yeah, that makes sense because more than femmes experience misogyny. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got two main categories today. We're going to talk about school and work. Keep it light. Keep it (laughs) fresh. (laughs) And then we're going to get personal. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe. All right. So our first category is school slash work. So the first thing I have on here was just the entire physics department at the college when I was trying to get an astrophysics degree. Oh, felt. <laughs> yeah, just being a femme in STEM, a STEM femme, if you will. But yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, cause I would like go in with makeup. I'd go in like dressed to the nines if I wanted to. But even just, you know, coming in and like, I would, there would be like a learning center where we could like do physics homework or chemistry homework, whatever. And like, it was meant for us to sit in there with TAs, with other people taking the class to like, ask questions and do homework together mm-hmm. and so like you know the guys would like bring up whatever questions they need help with but if i did it they'd be like oh that's so easy and i'm like what uh, shut up. what is the point of this room if not to hello like yeah <laughs> yeah so just a lot of femphobia in that sphere just for dressing the way i do and it was not cute yeah. i'm sorry that happened Addition <laughs> <It's okay>. two. <laughs> yeah. the sequel yes i also have college stuff in my schoolwork section i went to a research institution and there is and there is a lack of women and femmes in research and research spaces in general and so it was also like difficult and kind of converse to your struggles and that you were like a woman in stem there were air quotes thrown on there but I was also technically in STEM, but there is a real lack of respect for psychology as a science. And I think that that is deeply rooted in femphobia because psychology is the only science that is women dominated. Mm -hmm. It is the only one and barely so. Like I was just talking to my partner the other day with another partner. We're polyamorous (laughs) in case anyone's confused. (laughs) You're cheating on me? (laughs) You have to get on the podcast? Oh no. (laughs) No, but I was talking to a partner about this and they were like, isn't like psych super female dominated? And I was like, I mean, it seems that way because you're seeing all of the women on your level, but who are their bosses? Right. Tell me right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That is an interesting thing too. Like the fact that psychology is considered a soft science. Yeah. And it's like where? Yeah. And it's like that a lot of soft sciences like sociology or like mm-hmm. tend to be women dominated. And it's just like, yep. you know, it's like, what about that? Cause it's qualitative versus quantitative research. Or? And that's not even true. Like yeah. psychology papers are indistinguishable from neuroscience papers in format, in structure, mm-hmm. like in content. It's just wild to me that it's because I don't think that soft sciences versus hard sciences should even be a distinction that exists. Agreed. But psychology is definitely a lot more like physics than it is like sociology. Right. Like for sure. Absolutely. Like there's no question. We go to the IRB the same way that y'all do. Right. (laughs) And I say this also with a chemistry degree. Right. (laughs) So it's, I don't know, I think that it's just really goofy and got a lot of flack for that, for sure. Yeah. Because I know people have talked too about like women dominated careers like hair or like nails or makeup, but then men will be able to come into those like spheres and Mm -hmm. shoot up straight to the top. Yep. And like, that's another example, like even in a woman dominated field, they'll be seen faster as experts and get followers and like so quickly, even though it's considered a woman. So like you were saying, with the psychology yeah there's maybe a lot of women but like who is in charge yeah who is being looked at who are the experts why are we still quoting freud for what like goofy it's really unhinged so yeah like just the fact that that's like not even talked about is crazy it is also another instance of femphobia i would get that was so jarring to me was when so i went to school for astrophysics 
And then for a time, I considered not doing astrophysics. So, like, there's, like, a semester I focused just on women and gender studies. And so, like, when you tell somebody, like, oh, I'm, like, going to school for an astrophysics undergrad. And they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then when you tell them, I'm going to school for a women and gender studies degree. And they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, well... (laughs) What can you do with that? And then it was even wild because like I'd get in discourse or discussions on Facebook and they'll be like, oh, what authority are you? I'm like, this is actually my degree of study. And they still won't care. Well, that's wild. It's like one thing if you're like, what can you do with this degree practically? But to be like, you're an expert in the thing, literally, literally. How can you in the same breath be like, but I'm not going to trust your expertise when it is directly relevant to the situation, even though I also simultaneously believe that it is rarely relevant? Right. What? Yeah. The femphobia is crazy when it comes to women and gender studies. Like, like, it's unhinged. Like, too niche, but the niche knowledge is pointless? Dead ass. Goofy. Dead fucking ass. Like, ugh. Do you have any other school ones? Yeah, so I was a double major, and I also double majored in international relations. So I was a psych international relations double major, and international relations, or poli-sci in general, is giving very male-dominated, Yeah, (laughs) and that was also its own experience. I endured a lot of misogyny doing that, and so it felt like such a safe haven when people, like, weren't misogynistic. So this is actually a positive story. Uh, So you don't need to say you're sorry that happened at the end. But (laughs) like I just dealt with like so much misogyny in these classes. And so I was really relieved when my thesis advisor was like this really, really nice man who was genuinely very interested in everything I had to say. So I think that that really changed a lot for me because like having someone like in a field respect my thoughts about it and like listen to me fully and like not be discounting me because I use like as a filler word or something right. was really amazing and also enabled me to write a really great and interesting paper, I think, because I wasn't shy about exploring like different topics. And I just think that I wish more men understood that they could do good too. You know? You know? <laughs> like so many men in positions of power are walking around fully also with the power of making people feel good right and they just don't yeah why honestly and that whole like as a filler word you're right like there's such Mm-hmm. such a stigma against it even the fact that like when i edit the podcast for example part of yeah. that seven hours of editing is taking out some of our likes because yeah. i think it does affect like how people perceive us and it, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate like it's literally adding labor to the podcast that the femphobia runs so deeply it's systematic it really is it really is but i'm glad you had that experience that like your thesis advisor was so like invested and interested in you and like yeah supportive that's awesome it was a great contrast to the rest of the very broy department like mm. if you walk through that building like at least 15 identical boys would tell you something about their startup app that they're making like it was that kind of vibe just all the time and the beef between poli-sci with poli-sci majors with international relations minors (laughs) versus international relations majors was also wacky that's so unhinged i don't know why they made both of those things exist honestly it just seems like a recipe for just nonsense yeah no i i don't see that going well but yes to digress oh no not at all this is fascinating just like (laughs) another thing in college experience is my intro to pan-african studies because i also was flirting with a minor in pan-african studies for Mm -hmm. a minute but the professor we were talking specifically about a book i don't remember the title it was about a woman who was enslaved and was getting brutalized like let's it getting violent it was heavy but even in discussions for that would pass i would watch him pass over the femmes with their hands raised and choose masked people to talk Ugh. yeah and like dead ass would ignore us or like would cut us off even and like be like what do you think over here and, and i mean like mask is like any gender yeah. like but gender expression like it was really unhinged like how obvious it was because of being multiple genders but the gender expression being consistently like, yeah that is very explicitly femphobic wow it was really a lot i was like why yeah. what 
like even talking about a woman like yeah geez i also think that it's interesting that because we know the context that femphobia normally shows up is interpersonal right like we've talked about its relations to the term butch and like the implications about how it shows up in the sapphic community i feel like is definitely where femphobia i think shows up the most explicit ways but like these more covert things are like so hard to catch and i hate it because it's the kind of thing that someone who's not a femme would probably listen to you say that and be like oh you're like making that up like there's no way right yeah or think that I'm like, yeah, exactly, making it up or that I'm looking too deep into it or yeah. it's not that deep. And it's like, I literally watched it happen. Like, mm-hmm. huh? Dear listener, if you are finding yourself thinking, hmm, this seems exaggerated. No. <laughs> I want you to really listen to the rest of this episode believing us. Right. <laughs> Shit is upside down <laughs> and backwards. Truly. So much. Yeah, I don't think I have any more school ones. I have a work thing is that I used to go out and try to participate in like stock modeling campaigns and I think I only ever got one and I don't think they ever printed my ad actually but one of these campaigns was specifically casting for trans mask people okay now I was trans mask at the time. I was Mm -hmm. identifying that way. I thought that I was a trans man. Like I fully, like I was in it. I was very confused, but I was committed. (laughs) So I go to this casting and like, I'm not passing. I'm not even a little bit passing, you know? And they were really weird about it. Oh no. Yeah. At first I got there and they tried to just turn me away. Like they tried to just be like, we're not looking for models of your aesthetic. And I was like, oh, this casting call said, because I was also, I think I was like literally 17 when this happened. And so I was like, but the casting said you were looking for people who identified as trans mask. And I do. And here I am not understanding like what was happening. (laughs) And so they went ahead and like took me and let me pose for pictures and stuff. I didn't realize how accidentally radical I was being (laughs) by just being like, no, let me try out. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they kept being really weird about it. Every photographer who shot me was like, are you like in the right place? I did not ever hear from them, obviously. (laughs) But yeah, the photographers were confused. The people who did my intake were confused, but nobody said anything. But in retrospect, and as I was leaving, I definitely realized like, oh, that was the reason, especially when I saw the campaign and I saw like the models they did pick. It was giving very prototypical passing. Like, yeah. Head top surgery, been on testosterone, Ooh. has like a face of full facial hair type V. Like, yeah. Just goofy. Which is unhinged because, like, let's say, like, you stayed trans mask, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, like, weren't passing at the time. You were 17. Yeah. You were living with, like, parents who weren't accepting. They don't know shit. Like, no, I actually not. had um, left home by then. Thankfully. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But, like, the fact that, like, trans mask, like, shows up in so many ways, whether mm-hmm. you're pre-op or pre-transition or whether you're, like, a femme trans boy. But... <laughs> Yeah, like I very much considered myself a femboy, so I wasn't really trying to change that much about what I looked like. Yeah. I was mostly trying to affect how people were like moving around me and interacting with me and speaking about me, especially. I think that was like the most important thing to me, but it was an experience. That's unhinged. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that happened. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But that is my last schoolwork story. Did you want to move on to interpersonal stuff? Yes. Want to support our passion project? Become a member on Patreon today. Okay, so interpersonal stories. Let's get judgy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is one of the most recent examples I could think of from my last partner, my ex. Donna. So he transitioned, he was trans masked, and we were exploring what sex looked like now. And he was like wanting to like bottom more and like experience that. I was like, okay, cool. Like I can work with that. But he said he wasn't into femme tops. 
weird. And I was like, can you explain why? Because I don't think there's a good reason behind that. <laughs> so he was claiming at least that he's still into femmes, but not fem tops. And I'm like, that, no. Because what? Yeah. But into femmes, supposedly. Allegedly. 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 Into tops, but not into them simultaneously. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like what so like bombastic side eye right (laughs) and i feel like you know i was a big proponent of using the term mages or marginalized genders for like solidarity of like everybody who experiences either misogyny or transphobia or like Mm -hmm. who aren't cis men and like that includes trans men right so it's like i think people have this idea that trans men understand what it's like to be impacted by misogyny Mm -hmm. and that they're gonna behave and move differently but that's not true (laughs) not inherently at least not all the time not every time right and it's like also so like sometimes part of the journey that I've noticed is sometimes people do embrace misogyny as a way to pass or feel like they fit in with the boys and stuff so mm-hmm. it's like I yeah it was really wild to hear that from them yeah it's like you know I just <laughs> but to this day I can't think of a reason why you'd be into fems and into tops but not fem tops like it just it's giving you have a role in the bedroom based on your right? gender expression which like is antiquated as fuck honestly like and if that is how you feel then what is the context where you like femmes because that's the thing is that i think that if you have a preference like that you need to communicate about it or you know yeah the point is for everybody to have fun right but if you're not communicating openly about what you want actually that's not going to happen right but i don't know what this person wanted specifically because like no idea. i don't think it's a horrible if for whatever reason you have antiquated ideas about gender roles in the bedroom i don't care what you're doing in your bedroom <laughs> but i do think that you should be communicating with the other person in your bedroom you know <laughs> like come on and also at the end of the relationship he definitely was <laughs> with femme top but like <laughs> at some point i did top him so like he got over it eventually i guess but <laughs> <laughs> just the fact he said that to me was a lot to unpack i was like wow yeah <laughs> I'm really from Kentucky, huh? Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that for whatever reason, like I know I've experienced femphobia in a relationship, but I struggle to think of specific examples. Honestly, I think maybe they were too traumatic. for my brain to retain but I definitely have had lots of experiences where someone has been judgmental to me for not being like a gold star so I went on a journey with my gender and sexuality (laughs) first I thought I was straight and a girl then I thought I was like a demi girl for a while and also lesbian I abandoned straight very quickly and immediately (laughs) (laughs) you'll know but then I was like maybe I like women because I'm a man and so (laughs) but then I was like "Mm, but I feel like I want to be a femme boy like it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right for me to not be gay like that feels really wrong that I'm not gay now Right, right like am I a straight guy I don't like that so I let that go (laughs) not that these things are a choice you know but this is earnestly how I came to these conclusions that's valid yeah and then I landed on that I was just very femme and that that is like consistent no matter what I'm doing yeah so then I was like I'm femme and I'm a lesbian and then I saw Black Panther (laughs) and now I am bisexual thank you for coming to my TED (laughs) (laughs) but yes when I was identifying as lesbian I had a lot of people be judgmental when I was like with other lesbians like dating other lesbians about me not being a gold star lesbian because I had like occasionally had sex with men but like it wasn't normally consensual oh then oh oh. yeah they did not seem to care very much Ah, yeah and ah. that's like that's the thing is that I feel like maybe it's harsh and y'all can feel free to check me on this but I feel like low-key they didn't lesbians who feel that way just are not believing us when we say we were assaulted by a man like I think part of them is thinking like no you secretly wanted that like I think they're drinking the 
misogyny juice a little bit. Yeah, 1000%. Because how am I telling you that this was an assault and you're still like, but you're like tainted. Right. So there's also that is that I do remember one of them literally said I was tainted and described me as tainted and would not eat me out. What? Yeah. She was like, a penis has been there. And she even was like, you know, it's not your fault, but yeah. So this is why like low key, when we have discourse about how like biphobia is not a priority, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I do. It's definitely an in-community problem though. Can we please yeah. <laughs> deal with that, please? My God, because already the gold star lesbian thing was people, when we're talking about consensual sexual experiences, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But for you to have been assaulted and them to behave that way is abhorrent. Yeah. Like, it's just like, what? And it is giving that, like, either that they thought that you secretly wanted it or that it's like, well, you were in a room with a man. What did you expect? Or, like, something yeah. along those lines that it's just mm-hmm. like their misandry ran so deep that they're, like, gonna victim blame you no matter what. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Ew. I am so sorry. And I'm, like, chuckling, but, like, it's like, I keep saying it, but it's like, yeah. Every new thing. I'm just like, God damn, like. Phobia, be a bitch. And I also think like that's what we were talking about before. Like, why was it so much harder to think of these stories? I think like also they just hurt me more. That's fair. And like my brain, I have a tendency to have dissociative amnesia. Like when something is distressing, like it'll just, my brain will erase it from the timeline yeah. to cope. <laughs> that's fair. Cause God damn. Yeah. Somebody calling you tainted? Yeah. And it's also, and, 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 and another thing. But the, the whole gold star lesbian thing, like, it's giving turf. Yes. Oh my God. I almost forgot to mention that. It is very turfy. I honestly think that it's arguably the biggest issue with that term is mm-hmm. how turfy it is. Like, it's definitely a dog whistle for a swerf, someone mentioning gold star, which is not the same as oh. lipstick lesbian. I want to let y'all know this now because. Wait, who's confused with those two? One time. I made a TikTok about how I like lipstick lesbians as in I like femme lesbians. Yeah. Because I'm a femme for femme. And people got confused and in the comments were telling me that I was transphobic and it was a mess. Huh? Because nobody wanted to take the time to Google it, I guess. I'm stressed. I'm so stressed. So I just want to let y'all know here and now before you get mad at me, if you were about to, those are different terms. Oh my God. Yeah. Lipstick lesbian, femme lesbian. (laughs) Gold star is completely different. That's the fourth turf area. Yes. We don't use that term. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> but even the fact you mentioned it was a swerve thing, too. It's like, yeah, good point. Like, it's just like, what? Yeah. And it's just like, I, oh, and just, oh, oh, just saying like somebody's tainted because of what? Yeah. What kind of Catholic fucking medieval shit are you on? Like, <laughs> medieval shit is crazy. I just, what? <laughs> no, but yeah, it was a wild experience. And mind you, this was also someone who, so I've had many people in my life tell me I've given them the best head they've ever had. And this was one of those people. Bruh. Literally. Bruh. Me today wouldn't have still hooked up with them. I don't know why. I did. It was a different time. Uh, but yeah, and the audacity for me to hook up with them and give them the best head they've ever had after they did they that. deserve that. I should have bit them. You know? I'm not. Bite more people. <laughs> we should make shirts. Bite more people. Yes, <laughs> this is why I bite niggas 2024. Yes. Wait for the shirts to come oh out. Oh my god, please. <laughs> You're gonna have like cute vampire teeth or something. Oh my god. I was literally just thinking that oh we should take like god. a screen or like a scan of our mouths and like have them be the design somehow. Yes. And we should wear fangs for them. Like yes. I was literally just thinking. Yes! <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. Wow. Wait for the design. It's coming out <laughs> after I take my grad school ready this exam. <laughs> hey, wow. Okay, that was a ride. God damn. Okay, back to... Ugh, I gotta... Ugh. So, my next <laughs> interpersonal... I'm gonna combine two of them. But basically, being in relationships where they would try to change my appearance. Um, I've had partners who were like, oh, we should dress you more butch. Or mm-hmm. I've had partners that are like, oh, I prefer women with no makeup. It's like, you met me like this. Yeah, what? You pursued me like this. If you can't handle a bad bitch, don't date one. I'm saying. So yeah, just constantly like expecting to change how I dress or like to be less flamboyant, less seductive. There was a partner I had when I was like 17 and he was like Muslim and like mm-hmm. wanted me to dress more modest and stuff. And it's like, what, 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 what? Why did what? you pursue what? me? What? And also we're fucking before sex. 
sex. So like, shut up. You're not that orthodox. <laughs> no, you're not. Fucking before sex. Do you mean fucking before marriage? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> First we sex. fuck. And then, then we, we have sex. sex. <laughs> <laughs> to do list. Fuck. Have sex. <laughs> New t-shirt. Bam. But yeah, so like, and I wasn't even his first. So I was like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. The uh, inconsistency is. Mm. But yeah, like dead ass though. It's like they'll, oh, even fuck nigga now. When I come over and he's like, can you like dress less? You're like at a family event and it's like, I'm wearing a crop top and shorts, my nigga. Like, yeah. Also, it was just summer. Can you please relax? I'm saying, we're at a baseball game. And then like me coming over to his house and I'm being like, oh, I don't want the neighbors to like, can you like wear more clothes? I'm like, it's a mini skirt. Like who gives a fuck about the neighbors? Also, what wimpy dick energy? Honestly. No, just wimpy dick energy in that tracks. But like, yeah. (laughs) Get your dick straight up do some dick ups <laughs> dick ups is crazy it's <laughs> just <laughs> honestly it's just kegels they can do kegels too That's how <laughs> whatever you make your dick twitch on purpose it's the same <laughs> muscles as when we do kegels see i was literally imagining like pushing up from the ground with dick though. oh my god wait <laughs> that's why i was like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no hands, just dick. <laughs> she said, no hands. <laughs> but yeah, do some kegels. I'm over it. Yeah, but that same thing. It's like, you want less attention on me, but the attention that caught you. Okay. Yeah, what? Okay. Also, I don't know. You don't want to show your partner off. Like, you're not even a little bit proud. You're going to be like, I don't know, just a right. little Right. The person I'm with is a nice ass. Her. Like, like what? Why not? My ass is immaculate. Like, literally. <laughs> ah, yes. So, my next interpersonal story is people assuming that I am a bottom. Mind you, I am a bottom, but that's <laughs> not the point. <laughs> I am not a bottom because I'm a femme. They are completely unrelated facts. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny that's a good uh, uh, we were just talking about the femme top thing that's a good mm-hmm. point like antiquated as fuck yeah like, literally and i didn't like i have not always been this way i once like fully identified as a switch and i like in my real life am very switchy but these things that we define ourselves as in the kink community they're not like rules that we have to yeah you know abide by or anything but i do just really dislike the prescriptivism like you yeah. cannot prescribe someone's role to someone and that generalizes to like all sorts of sectors of just life right like you shouldn't be generalizing or just leaning on bias to make decisions about people and to build schemas about the world if you feel like learning more about this and working on that kind of skill specifically you should look into what a reflexive loop is Mm. like in terms of building ideas about things and people it is a psych concept that would take a weird amount of time to explain right now <laughs> but yes go do your own additional research that was very toppy of you like you have homework go yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> no but no yeah fair enough just ugh. yeah oh there's also that is that i feel like a lot of people who are toppy or just like a dominant personality mm. irl normally want a break when they engage right. in kink and fetish so i think i just am seeking a break when i'm engaging in kink or fetish work so I'm like, ah, yes, or like kink or fetish play because, yeah, I just, I'm normally making decisions and being in charge. And yeah. so I'm like, yeah, I want to just let something else happen. I'm also curious about the role massage noir plays because mm-hmm. I think sometimes too people will assume we're tops because we're black femmes and it'll yeah. be like other white women typically. And I'll be like, ooh, step on me. Like, ooh, yeah. mommy. And it's like, y'all gotta chill. Yeah. And I think that's like the same way that like, you know, we have ideas of what femininity is with the standard or with whiteness. It's like soft, docile submissive Mm -hmm. but then when it comes to black women it's aggressive it's like demanding it's whatever right like it changes with race so i think it's like in the same way Mm -hmm. some people read you as bottom for being femme but then some people will be racist and be like you're a top (laughs) because you're a black woman and i like it like yeah i think that that's like an example of one of the things that is misogyny but not femme phobia oh 
yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because that's definitely misogynoir, misogynistic, and definitely happens. And I've had that happen to me. Like, I have that happen to me all the time. If you look in comment sections of mine, especially older comment sections before I feel like my fan base got kind of more niche and like mm. whittled out all the shitty people and left all the good ones. <laughs> but yeah, if you look at those old comment sections, people are just constantly prescribing that onto me just like telling me that I am but that's I think the lack of connection like I think that when it's a black woman you don't know people are so likely to just assume like oh you're a top because you're a black woman and I like that and you're a stranger so I can just be parasocial onto you versus like I think in person like in your face like there's more of a tendency to do the opposite thing and like lean on that femphobia more at Mm -hmm. least in my experience in person play and like out of work or like out of character when I'm just being myself yeah people will assume that I want to bottom which is like correct for me now but definitely bothered me more in the past yeah but also like this work that I do where people builds parasocial relationships with me sometimes they just often assume that i'm a top so i'm definitely seeing that like stark difference now that we're mentioning it and also the fact too that like even if now it's correct to assume you're a bottom right Mm -hmm. it's like there's no curiosity there's no hey like is there things you like topping for is there things you like bottoming for how do you like to bottom are you a power bottom like Mm -hmm. it's just like when you are prescriptivist like that like you're not engaging in being curious and learning about the person you're just like oh you're gonna bottom go lay right there i'm gonna take care of the Yeah, like you're just not even doing kink correctly. Right, right. So there's that. But mess, 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 mess. So okay, so I have had I think these instances still count as femphobia, Mm -hmm. but maybe we can get into it a little bit. I've had two major instances of people assuming that I was like a trans woman, for lack of a better term, assigned male at birth. Mm-hmm. And one, it was heavily racialized in both instances, I believe. And then two, so the first instance is when I lived with that professor, which, but yeah. <laughs> and we were, I lived there for a couple months at this point. And we were talking about somebody we knew that came out as like a femme non binary person. Mm-hmm. And they went on this rant about femme non binary afab people but i was like whoa hold up that's me mm-hmm. and they're like oh because they had definitely assumed i was amap the whole time oh. which i think is why they offered me a place to live and it got really weird and messy after that so it's like i don't know just the fact that the whole rant about being femme non-binary and also being afab bothering them because they're like what's the point essentially wow yeah and it's like okay just because we're afab doesn't mean we don't get to choose to be femme yeah also was this person non-binary they were a trans femme i don't remember if they were non-binary though well then what authority did they think they have to talk about what the point could be they were like an amab white trans femme so like annoying you have no authority there there's also that is that if you want to believe that we are not in community together then i must be the authority on this right because we're not the same community right so can you have an opinion on this then no if i'm not also a trans person then you don't get to have opinions about my identity right so that's why i think that this goes into the regulating of femfo Mm because it's like the fact that you were fine with me being femme when you assumed i was amab but now that i'm afab and you know this like one the fact that you care about my genitals is crazy yeah like hello but two the fact that now that that's not okay for me to be femme because Mm -hmm. you know what i'm working with is like and that it affected my housing like i literally like lost a whole relationship and lost a whole housing situation because of that because they made that assumption i never once said that i literally said i was a trans non-binary person like and they assumed like the rest assuming that and then being mad that the assumption was wrong is wacky to me unhinged and also for the the audacity for them to be a white person it's like you should be helping a black person anyway yeah if they're about to be homeless like yeah it shouldn't matter right i literally do feel like sometimes we need to make like a pyramid of priorities for people because the way that i see like help my dog posts getting more traction than help me i'm a black trans woman on the street is it's not okay anymore like what can we do to make this happen less because i'm not saying that those posts don't matter but we need to distribute these resources in a more organized fashion i'm losing my mind i literally can't join lost and found pet groups anymore because Mm -hmm. it is infuriating to see how quickly white people will organize in those groups and yet will act confused in racial reparations groups it's Mm -hmm. like y'all have created a whole task force in 30 minutes for a random dog on the side of the road literally like what what and they will not admit it's about like 
how much they care. They just don't care enough. And there's even people that'll be like, oh, I like dogs more than any humans. And it's like, you do understand that's inherently racist. Yeah. I don't know how to tell you that, but like, I, you know, what? right. So that was a whole thing. And then there's another time too, where I was out at a bar with my friend and I was like one, I think it was like a gay bar specifically. So like, I was one of the only femme people there. I was definitely wearing the most makeup, but I was sitting at a table. I was clearly a participant. And I had somebody come up and say I look really good for a drag queen. I was like, oh, and I was like, you. So again, the racialization and again, the regulating of like, because I went so femme, they assumed it was performative. Yeah. It's just like wild to me. Like, I don't. I just wore eyeshadow, my guy. Like, it's not that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so in both cases. And it's like, I also want to clarify too that like, I don't care if people assume I'm AMAB because of like, it's not that I like have a stigma about being assumed AMAB. That's not the Mm -hmm. issue. The issue is like, one, I'm afraid to inappropriately take up space. And two, like y'all should not be clocking for people's genitals like that or making assumptions anyway. Yeah. And I'm like concerned about actual like trans femmes that you all run into and are treating weird mm-hmm. because I'm having these instances myself and it's like yo like you better not be doing that shit yeah <laughs> to the people you could really be hurting with this like stop <laughs> I think that it's really important to acknowledge that like people can experience isms that aren't meant to apply to them yeah like that was an experience of trans massage noir even though you are not a trans woman so to say right like and I feel like the amount of trans misogyny that like I've experienced in just my message requests recently, I feel like a lot of things in the news have been making people a lot more reactionary and feeling like really emboldened. And especially with all the like anti-trans legislation that's been happening, people have been feeling really bold to be transphobic, especially. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of Black women are just experiencing trans misogyny and it's surprising and startling to them, but it's still trans misogyny, even though these are not, you know? And I think that was even something, whatever, like the discourse, I don't want to say started, but I want, like, it's been years that this has been brought up. Like, especially when the bathroom things were really big, especially in Kentucky, like people would be like, cis people are going to get swept up in this. Mm Y'all are going to start trying to clock cis people and you all are going to be impacted by this like this has been a part of the conversation for a minute and people still aren't getting it like yeah it's really wild but uh, especially with the racialized element to it too the fact that people want to masculinize us yeah it's just really wild but the way that black women do not get to have like a dainty and feminine femininity yeah in the public eye is really unfortunate true So, in addition to the fact that, like, a lot of people don't believe that I'm just athletic in general, like, I lift weights, and I'm pretty strong, I think, people will also assume that I'm just, like, not interested in sports in general, and I recently had that happen because I signed up for this sports study, and I've already told Mix to do so this story, but I signed up for this sports study, and my, like, civvy name is kind of gender neutral like my first name i don't think you would assume that you were gonna be like hearing a girl's voice on the phone right so this guy calls me and i answer the phone and i'm like hey what's up and he's like oh i was supposed to be calling someone for a sports study and i was like yep this like i signed up for a study (laughs) and he was like oh like you know this is for sports fans right and i was like yeah i am a sports fan Like, like, I'm pretty sure he just heard my voice and just assumed something had gone awry. But the study literally mentioned and promoted itself as wanting a diverse array of people and opinions. (laughs) So I'm like, you literally have a black femme sports fan and you don't want to be nice to me right now. I'm so confused. Absolutely wild. (laughs) Yeah, but he assumed I was lost until I started talking about the sports that I liked and the teams that I liked and the players that I liked and the ways that I followed the sports on social media. And I just hate this feeling of needing to prove myself to people before they respect me about something. Like I needed to prove that I was knowledgeable about sports by rambling about it and fielding questions from you, but you probably wouldn't have made a man do that. You probably would have assumed that a man was a sports fan without him even saying so. Right. 
That's literally, yeah, you're right. Like, just the constant debating and, like, feeling like we clearly don't know what we're talking about. And it's like yeah. having to write a whole dissertation before people are like, oh, okay, you do know what you're talking about. Like, exactly. It's that whole name three anime right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had somebody do that on a throuple date, and they were like, because they found out I was a physics major, and they were like, doing all this discourse while I'm drunk and I'm like this is too much but like yeah but like the fact that this man called you and just heard your voice and did all this is insane like yeah but that gatekeeping interests shit in general cut that shit out it is scaring the hoes you are scaring the hoes if a woman says that she's interested in something and you have that interest in common be happy and grateful for the points of connection you fucking weirdo because what you're gonna prove it and then fall in love with her and now she's weirded out like yeah now you've scared the hoes stop scaring the hoes but (laughs) and if she's a fake fan so what she's clearly interested she'd probably watch it with you play it with you whatever i'm saying like what part sometimes fans are day one fans like Mm -hmm. it's their first day being a fan like exactly that doesn't mean it's not real yeah like you didn't have every you didn't have an encyclopedic knowledge of demon slayer when you were coming out of the fucking womb okay like (laughs) please chill out out the womb demon slayer fan is crazy (laughs) (laughs) wow unhinged all right my last one so back in kentucky there was this guy i worked with and when i left the first abuser and did that engagement i guess he'd been waiting he'd been waiting he's like i've been wanting to hit that for a minute damn so i came over this was also the guy who the first time i came over we hooked up and then he threw a blanket over me when his roommate came home. Oh, what the fuck? I kept hooking up with him. It was a dark time. But he also, like, he threw the blanket over me, but then, like, a week later, he hit me up twice in one day because my head was so good. So, like, he <laughs> hooked. Okay, he was addicted. But there was one time we hooked up, as we did, but <laughs> he literally just hit. And then we were, like, talking. I don't know how we started talking about this. It was like, yeah, I'm, like, actually queer. And I'm, like, actually more into women and, like, mm-hmm. you know, I was, like, beginning my, like, sapphic journey. And he called me a waste of good pussy for being queer. Oh, what the hell? And I'm, like, uh, one, didn't you just hit? <laughs> you just hit. Two, it's not getting wasted. It's going to people who deserve it, actually. Yeah, what the heck? So the waste is because men at large aren't getting to enjoy it? Yeah. But, which is wild, because you just did? Like, waste, yeah. waste of good pussy will haunt me f- until the end of my days. Yeah, like, it's so confusing because I've gotten similar comments when I was identifying as a lesbian because I would reject them and they'd be like, ah, oh, damn, I'm getting rejected. What a waste of pussy. But it's like, he just hit. He just hit. That's what's really confusing me. And it's also like, that's unhinged. Too. So the fact that, oh, I'm rejecting you because I'm not interested. And I'm like, damn, that's a waste of good pussy because you didn't get the hit. Like, what kind of egocentric bullshit is that? Like, not even pretending to not just be completely self absorbed at that point. Yeah, and it's just like, I. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, so that'll haunt me till the end of my days, but. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that happened. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my last story <laughs> is uh, I want to talk about pick me's. Oh! I want to I want to take a moment to talk about the misogyny coming from inside the house. <laughs> no, but really because I've had it happen so many times that a girl unprompted will be like, "You know, I'm like not normally friends with other girls. Like I have so much trouble getting along with Child. other girls." And honestly, if you're a girl and you're not a girl's girl, I want nothing to do with you. Right. Like, you not being a girl's girl is such a red flag to me. I find that shit terrifying because what do you mean other girls don't like you? Why not? Every single one? I'm gonna have to side with them then because what's happening here? Every single one. Because you know men are not correct. Literally. Like, everything you're doing and saying is agreeing with men at large. That's unhinged. Like Scary. <laughs> scary. I never had a most of my friends are guys phase and I am grateful every day. Right. Every day I'm grateful. <laughs> or like the ones who'll be like, oh, girls are too much drama. And it's like, are uh, you fucking kidding me? Have you been in a guy's group for longer than a week? 
are you kidding me like <laughs> yeah and they'll be committed to their little pick me role they they will be a bird for as long as they can swing it because i think that it's just this wild craving for attention from a man validation from a man like you don't feel that way when women pay you compliments too not even more that way right if a black woman over 50 told me i looked pretty today i'd be over the moon for weeks honestly come on now right and it's just like yeah like like, the addiction to male validation is like so wild to me like oh my it's literally what people will wake up and go out of bed thinking about yeah and it's like wow like to the point your whole social circle is just men in hopes of getting a crumb of attention and also is it not a trope that like you're in a group like that and then they see you as one of the boys and now can't sexualize you yep. so like what is what what's the getting? plan here what's the plan here i think the plan is to have four father figures if I'm being honest, like, oh, <laughs> I think you need to go to therapy and deal with your daddy issues there. Oh, <laughs> also, your daddy needs to go to therapy because it's definitely your daddy's fault that you have daddy issues. But <laughs> you also need to deal with your end of it. Yeah, like, I'm just assuming he's hopeless <laughs> in this context because he fucked you up so bad. Right. And just, oh, God almighty. Yes, that... I don't, I'm not friends with other girls. Stank yeah. ass energies. All right. With all that said, what do we think about our femphobia as oppression question? Do you have any thoughts? I think that it's complicated. I still feel like femphobia is a kind of oppression, though I do also think that it's so tied into misogyny. Yeah. The conversations about femphobia as oppression are meaningless without conversations about misogyny and misogynoir, which we had today. So Right. Yeah. That does make sense because I was trying to think of like systemic examples of femphobia specifically. Mm -hmm. And like what comes to mind is like teachers get paid so low because it's seen as like a traditionally femme profession or like. Yeah, same with psychology, which we talked about. Right. But like, is that not just misogyny? Like, is that specifically femphobia? So. Yeah. I think that it is specifically femphobia, but mm -hmm. the oppressing angle there is the misogyny at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's like femphobia is misogyny with extra steps. Yeah. It's a little extra razzle-dazzle. <laughs> like I said before, I really think that femphobia shows up the most interpersonally, especially in like queer spaces. I think that mm. femphobia tends to be misogyny that's coming from inside the house. Yeah very true or like there are people who like want to support women but have an idea of how they should behave like respectability politics I yeah guess, exactly it's very femphobic like, yeah you're claiming you're not misogynist but if you have an idea of how women should behave and what they do then eh. that's misogyny right, right. we have a winner <laughs> okay yeah that makes sense so it's complicated kind of sort of but misogyny mostly is the driving factor yes there. yeah misogyny is to blame Wow, we're so smart and hot. <laughs> yeah. What a power duo. <laughs> this has been fun. <laughs> Thanks for chatting with us. I love this. I'm sorry that happened to you series that we're kind of yeah. turning on. <laughs> Maybe we'll have other people on. You should tell us things that happened to you. This is your time. Oh, oh we should do fan submission stories. Yes. Ah, yes. oh, nice. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. us for another episode think you can handle more find us on twitter instagram and facebook at coming out evil our website also has merch sources and our original villainy workbook available to download check it out at allmylinks.com slash coming out evil you can support our evil doing on patreon where patrons get exclusive access to bloopers extended cuts live streams and so much more you can also tip us on Cash App at Yeehaw Howdy and Mixedusa. Stay evil and we'll see you next time. What did you think of this episode? Leave a review.